1: Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadhwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadhwa.
2: All right. Thanks for joining us today. We're here talking with Mayor Hill, who has some interesting pieces in her background. She's a certified holistic health coach and also a Reiki master and has a whole bunch of other um, pieces of information and credentials for her. So thanks so much for joining us today.
3: You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, Serena. Thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, you're on today because you've got some really interesting information about um, integrative nutrition and just talking about nutrition in general. And so I just, you know, kind of to start us off with, can you just, just what, how, how does nutrition fit with wellness as a whole? How do you see that working together?
3: Well, if nutrition is really defined as providing the food and nutrients necessary to our body to help us fuel a healthy life and growth and detoxing and all those things that we want our body to do, it's what we need to do in order to stay alive and actually thrive. And wellness is the condition of being in good physical health and mental health. Then it stands to reason that if we fuel our body properly and with the good stuff, that good stuff will come out of it, and the flip side will also be true if we fill our body with junk, kind of like the old computer saying garbage in, garbage out. It's the same thing, that if we fill our body with junk, it will affect our abilities to think properly, to perform properly, to to be healthy, to sleep all of those things, it's, it's all one big piece. And it's kind of like your car. If you, you wouldn't put maple syrup in the gas tank of your car and expect it to run, we can't be expected to run when we're living on a diet of sugar and junk food.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about like when you actually mean nutrition, are, are, you, are you generally referring to healthier nutrition then?
3: I'm talking about things that are live and whole, the okay. things that don't have a label on them, that don't come from a box. I remember this goes back to when I was in my early 20s. I remember going to my very first nutrition workshop, and the, uh, the teacher there had a Twinkie. I'm not picking on Twinkies, but he had a Twinkie <laughs> that he claimed was like 10 years old.
4: Mm-hmm. And it
3: left such an impression on me because that Twinkie – unwrapped, looked the same as it did as a brand-new one wrapped. And his whole point in showing us that Twinkie was that there was nothing live and vital in that Twinkie, so there was no fungus, there was no bacteria, there was nothing that would feed on it because there was nothing to eat. There was no nutritional value in that Twinkie. And that stayed with me my whole life. And and as I have raised my own kids, I've tried more and more to just have the the good stuff that, like I said, doesn't come in a box and is more whole and live, full of nutrients.
2: Well, that is a, a really uh, strong image that I just had in my mind's eye there from that 10-year-old Twinkie. Um, so when you talk about, when you're talking about nutrition, you really are referring to um, foods that can fuel us, that are actually... Um, whole and full of nutrients rather than more processed food.
3: Right, because the processed food, when you look at the labels, which I'm a big advocate of reading labels, the more ingredients in there, by the time you get to the third, fourth, fifth, 20th ingredient, you probably can't even pronounce it. It's, they're so far from removed from our actual food chain that I can only imagine what havoc they're wreaking in our bodies.
2: So that's a really great um, statement that you made there because I don't know if many of our listeners um, recognize or understand, um, you know, what, you know, a lot of times we hear about read the labels, look at what the label says in terms of content and um, nutritional uh, values and things of that nature. And what you're suggesting is that that is really important to look at is, is read the labels because, like what you said, if there are ingredients that, you know, 20, 30, um, ingredients down the line, those are not anywhere near what we need in terms of fueling our bodies.
3: Exactly. And I think probably the most important thing that we can do for ourselves is really to be aware of what we're putting into our bodies. And when you read the labels, and it it takes an education, and you don't need to be an expert, and you don't need to know all of the information all the time. But if you just look at a couple Key ingredients and i'm not or or key numbers that are listed on the label, and I'm not even talking about calories, and I'm actually going to let fat go because the whole trans fat thing we know is bad for us, and the companies I think are doing a pretty good job of getting the trans fat out of our food, but I'm talking about sugar I'm talking about sodium, and I'm talking about the serving size so if you just look at those three things, one you will learn so much, and I think hopefully it will make you think twice about what you're doing. And I'll just give you some ideas. So once, again, if you look at the serving size, for most cereals, a serving size is a half a cup to three quarters of a cup, mm-hmm. which is so small versus how much people tend to pour into their bowl. I would, I would venture to say that most people pour in their bowl two to three serving size of cereal. Wow, and even if they're doing it um, like that's their breakfast, that's their go-to, they are going to put themselves. They start out the day at a at a disadvantage uh, because there's so much sugar in cereal, and that the sugar sugar is the enemy sugar is truly the enemy. I was,
2: I was I know.
3: Sugar is in so much stuff. I I actually took a tour around the grocery store and, and the Mayo Clinic said that the 2010 guidelines um, list that we should have more, no more than five to 15% of our daily total calories in sugar. And even that, so you look at a label and you, and you see that it, it doesn't really tell you much. And so the American Heart Association made it even easier. They, they boiled it all down so that no more than 100 calories a day. And even that, so how much is 100 calories a day? That equals about 24 grams of sugar. And wow. Iowa, when you look at like a can of Coke, we always pick on Coke, but a can of Coke has 38 grams of sugar.
2: Wow. So that's way above what's being recommended for a daily amount.
3: Absolutely. And even Yo Play French Vanilla Yogurt, like everybody thinks that yogurt is so good for you, but Yo Play French Vanilla Yogurt has 26 grams of sugar.
2: In one little cup? In one little
3: cup. So even if one little cup <laughs> of yogurt exceeds your daily allotment of sugar.
2: That's amazing. So what you're suggesting is really like one. One step that people can start taking today in terms of eating healthier and being more nutritionally well is, is really looking at how much sugar that they're consuming and, and limiting it to 24 grams of sugar or less.
3: That's, it's an excellent first step. I, I, I was at a conference last weekend and Dr. Mark Hyman spoke and he is one of the people in a new movie that's coming out, I think this weekend. Or last weekend, and it's called Fed Up, and uh, Bill Clinton's in the movie. It's it's uh, narrated by Katie Couric, and in that movie they talk about the sugar industry and they they look at it that what's going to happen with the sugar industry is the same thing that happened with the tobacco industry that sugar is killing people the same way that tobacco kills people, and it's all they highlight this all in the movie, and it's not exactly, you know, you eat a candy bar and you drop dead, but the sugar is what leads to the chronic diseases or leads to obesity, which leads to diabetes, which is what is silently killing our population. And they pointed out in the movie that there is obviously a federally mandated nutrition label. And on that federally mandated nutrition label that we are all looking at they give us the percentage daily value of everything—the carbs, sodium, protein, all of that stuff—but they do not give you the, the percentage of sugar, because mm. for most items, okay, our can of Coke, for example, what are they going to put? That it's 115% of our daily
2: of
0: our oh. daily caloric intake.
3: So they leave off. I thought that was really interesting. And if you go back and look on labels, there's no percentages listed on the labels. For sugar? For
2: sugar. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to have to check my labels when we get done here. <laughs> so yeah, just, just to check. So sugar then, I mean, so it sounds like you, one way that people can then, I mean, it could be healthier even is first just cutting out, cutting down their sugar.
3: Cutting down. I'm, this is... I'm not an advocate of an all-or-nothing thing. I eat dark okay. chocolate every day, which does have some sugar in it. Twizzlers is one of my favorite foods. But even that was a shock early on because I, I don't, my body doesn't do very well with gluten. And gluten is wheat, rye, oats, and barley. And I was shocked when I started reading labels that Twizzlers, the second ingredient in Twizzlers, is wheat. Like, who would have guessed mm. that a candy has wheat in it? And so mm. it's not a gluten-free food. And in fact, it's the second ingredient. And when you're reading labels, the first three ingredients that are listed are what's the highest percentage in the food that you're looking at. So it's so the we... most concentrated.
2: Oh, so that's going to be the, the bulkiest items in a, in a food product.
3: Right, so that's why you want to make sure that if you're going to eat the sugar, if sugar is in the product and sugar is in pretty much everything, you want it farther down on the list. Like bread, bread is a huge source of sugar. I remember reading a short interview by a man, it was a student actually from Norway, and in this little bitty article, one of his comments was he couldn't believe how much sugar is in American bread,
2: Wow. I I did not even know that there was sugar in American bread.
3: There's sugar in American bread. Like a Thomas's bagel has seven grams of sugar in it.
2: In one bagel?
3: In one bagel. And remember, and so, if, our, if our goal is only 24 grams in a day, mm-hmm. that's almost a third. And you throw in orange juice, which is natural, albeit there's no added sugar in orange juice. However... In orange juice, in just, uh, I think it's like a half a cup of orange juice, is 22 grams of sugar. So sugar in a bagel, or orange juice in a bagel, and now you've already exceeded your daily allotment.
2: Yeah, and then if you have coffee and you add sugar to your coffee or tea in the morning or whatever, so you're really kind of building up and tacking on a lot of sugar there.
3: Right, or putting salad dressing on your salad. There's another huge source of sugar.
2: So is there really a difference between, you know, like, and I I like that you mentioned this, a difference between natural sugar and processed sugar?
3: Absolutely. I think the American Heart Association, when they're talking about the the 24 grams of sugar, they're talking about the added grams of sugar because fruits, especially now we're in summer season,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: mangoes, grapes, Mm -hmm. bananas, all have actually a lot of, natural sugar. The lower the glycemic index for fruits like apples, um, oranges, they have a lot less sugar in them. So while it's better to eat more fruit than it is to eat more potato chips,
2: <laughs> there
3: still is a consideration there that too much fruit, too much watermelon, too much pineapple is still going to affect your blood sugars by and it's and it's also when you eat it too. I mean if you're gonna eat a watermelon, eat it for breakfast as opposed to a snack before you go to bed.
2: Oh, that's a really great suggestion. And you know, let let's pick up with that in just a moment. We we're just gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back.
4: Opinions, options, answers.
1: You're listening to Voice
4: America Health and Wellness.
1: Murmuration, Critical Transitions and Transformation with host Stacey Starling will explore the ever changing landscape of healthcare and human services. This program will spotlight guests and topics of interest regarding the navigation of healthcare and human services, as well as the promotion of health, well-being, and transformation. Join us every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now.
1: You are listening to Moving Forward, wellness one step at a time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena at gmail.com. That's D-R-S-E-R-E-N-A-W-A-D-H-W-A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Welcome back. Thanks for listening with us. We are talking with Mayor Hill today about nutrition. And, you know, right before we went to break, you were mentioning about um, you know, we're talking about the differences between natural sugar and processed sugar and that We're really looking at um, the added sugar that's in different products because, like fruits and stuff like that, have a lot of natural sugar. And you know, you mentioned like a small change that people can make, you know, or a step that they could do to move forward is rather than eating watermelon before they go to bed, to you know, have it in the morning instead. And I'm a little curious if you could talk a little bit about how that affects, you know, a way an individual feels throughout the day or, you know, their um, emotions or their mental state? How does it make a difference in terms of their um, sugar level?
3: Well, you want to eat it in moderation. So, okay. for instance, 17 grapes is is considered a serving. So, hmm. So if you're going to eat... 50 grapes or a whole bunch of grapes, you probably will end up with a sugar high. It will be a better sugar high than if you eat 10 Snickers bars, but ultimately, if you don't counteract that with some sort of healthy fat, like a few nuts or an avocado, then which will help slow the absorption of the sugar in your system, it'll help slow it down if you don't slow it down, you'll ultimately crash. And oh, so really when your blood sugars go up, you're you know buzzing. And when they come down, that's when you want to take a nap.
2: Yeah. So that's kind of very similar to like that 3 p.m. quote unquote crash that many people have when they reach for a candy bar or look for something to wake them up, so to speak.
3: Exactly. That's all about keeping your blood sugar level. And if when people go out and eat a huge lunch, I mean, I think we've all heard that tryptophan in turkey, you know, after a big Thanksgiving dinner, that tryptophan makes you sleepy. But digestion is the biggest energy requirement in your body, that when you're digesting your food, everything goes to digesting your food. And so if you've had a big heavy meal that includes a lot of meat, animal protein, that's going to take two hours or more to digest, and so what happens is you, all of your body's energy goes to digesting that food, and by 3 o'clock, you're just depleted, or you've had a big carb-heavy lunch, like a big bowl of pasta, and once again, you have that sugar spike in your blood, and then it crashes because it's, it's gone, and so that's why you want to reach for more sugar at 3 o'clock
0: or
2: carbs or whatever carbs. else is going on. Yep. Oh, that's really interesting. So, I mean, I'm getting so, and there's a couple of different things that I'm hearing from you. So one is that it sounds like an option that people may want to think about is really looking at, you know, do you eat bigger meals during the day and is that what makes or contributes to crashing quote unquote later in the afternoon or, um, you know, uh, whatever the case may be and looking at smaller meals,
3: smaller meals or having a good breakfast. Okay. And you want to have a good breakfast again, that has good fat, um, in it. Like if you want to put some flax oil, if you drink a shake and throw some flax oil in it, if you eat some almonds, and again, a serving a day of almonds is 23 almonds, so we're not talking a jar full, and we're not talking the really delicious dry-roasted kind. We're just talking <laughs> raw almonds. Um, all those will help slow your blood sugar down. And it's a question, I mean, they, they talk about in weight loss that you eat dinner like a, or breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. Mm. Because when you have all that food in your gut, Again, if your body is doing its best to digest it, that will interfere Mm. with your sleep. For instance, we went to a barbecue Mm. last night, and my husband and I are pretty healthy eaters, and he ended up eating a whole bunch of stuff that he doesn't normally eat, and we ate a lot later than we normally eat, and he was up at 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock until he finally got out of bed at 5.15 this morning. So is it a coincidence? I don't
2: think so. So you really see that you know how when people eat food um can also be a factor in their their health and how they function like the kinds of foods that they're eating can even make an impact on that as well.
3: Absolutely. And if and so when I was what I started to say earlier was about people just being aware Mm -hmm. And if people become more aware, they can play their own detective. And so if you eat a huge meal and if you wake up the next morning and you're sluggish, think back to what you ate. I guarantee you that if you eat a salad for dinner, maybe with a little fish and that's it, that you will wake up refreshed the next morning. And it doesn't even matter whether you slept five hours or you slept eight hours. You will feel more refreshed the next morning when you eat healthy the night before.
2: So that's interesting because most of us most people you know don't eat just a salad and a small piece of fish. Right. Sh- for dinner the night before. I mean we hear about you know these very balanced meals like you're supposed to have a protein, you're supposed to have a vegetable, you're supposed to have some some sort of potato item or whatever and And that seems to be like the way that most people may eat. So if they're eating like that, then it's really going to affect how they sleep and and how they wake up in the morning.
3: Exactly. And, And if you don't put two and two together, I know I'm in my 50s and most people my age tend to just say, oh, I'm getting old or that's the way it is, or this is as good as it gets. And and I, I don't believe that, and it's not true, because if they, if they did play detective and paid more attention to what they put into their mouth and when they ate it, and there is, there's no right plan for every single person, and there's a million plans out there. I mean, people who eat only raw foods, people who eat only cooked foods, people who eat fermented foods, and the list goes on and on and on. And so really, because we are all individual and our bodies are work in different ways it's important to try to try it on to read a plan see if it makes sense to you and try it and if it doesn't you you make adjustments from there but there's no one plan out there that's perfect for every single person
2: and why? So let me ask you a question about that, because I know there might be some listeners that are like, "Oh, you know, I want to, I want to eat healthier. I want to, you know, lose a little bit of weight. I want to feel, you know, figure out a way to reduce um, um, a chronic issue that you know I may have or something." And I'm, I'm curious, like when you talk about these these eating plans, um, and and just to kind of try it out about. How much time do you recommend for them to to try it?
3: I would say you probably have to give it at least 30 days. And what you do is you, like drinking hot lemon water first thing in the morning has been, that suggestion's been around for a long time. I've read it in a number of different plans. It's a way to get your whole system moving. And so if you, Try it out for a few days, a week, a couple weeks. It will take that long for you to start seeing results and for it to become a habit. And if that's something that proves that you can do it, because a good plan is something that you can do, right? There's no point in saying, drink hot lemon water and that just can't be part of your day. Then that's not a good plan. (laughs)
4: Right.
3: And so... After you do that, then you can add one more, and you can add one more. Recently, uh, one of my clients was working on weight loss, and she just a few tweaks, the hot lemon water in the morning. She eliminated coffee from her diet. She started eating a a much better breakfast, which meant that she added protein to her breakfast, and it doesn't matter whether you're adding it to, you know, protein powder to a smoothie or you're eating bacon or, you know, you want protein in your morning. Actually, you want protein at every meal. That's, I think, well, <laughs> again, not, well, you do need protein at every meal, but that is totally controversial, too. For some people, you need 180 grams of protein a day. If you talk to a vegan or a vegetarian, they'd probably tell you you'd get by on 40. And a vegan oh, wow. is going to tell you to eat quinoa and beans, and that'll be your plant-based protein. And the Atkins people are going to tell you it's okay to eat cheese and bacon and lean meats. So
4: wow. there, there is
3: no one set plan.
2: So how do people choose then? Like what, what may be the best one for them? I mean, there you mentioned that there are so many out there and, right. you know, we always hear about these latest trends that people are trying out losing, you know, I mean, it was, if we're going to be talking about losing weight, then, you know, we always hear about these plans about Um, the latest way of doing so. So how does one know or choose or decide if something is right for them? Do they just try it for 30 days or is there some other um, suggestion you can offer with that?
3: I'd say the easiest thing is to eliminate as best you can things that come out of a box. To cook as much for yourself as you can. And I think the easiest way, that it's a, it's a mental thing to get healthy. You have to want to. I know that I spend hours each week prepping vegetables. So our refrigerator is always filled with freshly washed lettuce, spinach, kale, and we always have cucumbers and peppers, green onions. Everything needed to make a huge salad every night. And so that's a staple in, in our house. But in order to get there, again, that that good plan is one you can do thing. (laughs) I know that I plan my week so that I know that when I go shopping, I'm going to come home and spend those few hours. So if I don't have those few hours to spend prepping vegetables, I don't go shopping
2: that day. Oh, that's really interesting. So it really is about, I mean, so nutrition is really about also preparing for the, I mean, the effort that you need to put into it.
3: Right. And there, there is absolutely, there's effort required. You can do it all on a Sunday. I mean, there's, I've read countless plans where you can prep all your food on Sunday and then you have it all week. And it's, it's been fun to watch my, my husband who we are a good team. We've been married over 30 years and he watches what I do and says, I would never do that. <laughs> Most people would never do what you do, Mayor. You just keep doing it, but but this year he decided he really he wanted to lose some weight, he wanted to feel better, and so we, we picked I picked the fat flush plan, which has been around for quite a while and it he he was mentally ready. How about that?
2: Ah. He's been flirting
3: with the idea for a couple of years. He even went outside and paid a paid a dietitian, and he came home and he said, she told me everything you've been telling me, and it it still didn't stick. So it wasn't until he was mentally prepared to make the changes that the changes
2: could happen. And that's very interesting. So when we come back from break, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about maybe some suggestions that you can give our listeners in terms of how to mentally prepare themselves to move forward in um, having you know, more effective nutrition for themselves or better nutrition. So stay tuned with us and we'll be right back.
4: Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Kudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: You read about it in Health News every day.
1: Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year.
4: We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena at gmail.com. That's W a d h w a at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
2: And thanks for listening and welcome back. We're here talking with Mayor Hill about nutrition and some really great information here. And, you know, right before we went to break this time, you were talking about, um, you know, and we, we discussed a little bit about how good nutrition really does take effort and that, you know, one really does need to kind of mentally prepare themselves for that effort in order to spend some of this time in in preparing foods, shopping for, um, you know, what you called whole foods, um, and not necessarily at the chain, but just in general as whole foods. And, you know, and, and I'm curious if you can offer some of our listeners, uh, or our listeners, some suggestions about how, how do, how, how does someone go about mentally preparing themselves for, um, being better in their nutrition? Like, what, what are some things that they can do?
3: First, I think they, people need to understand why they want to do it. Mm. And for everybody, that's different, too. They, they want to feel better. They want aches and pains to go away. There's uh, the whole study of epigenetics and, and, you know, chronic diseases running in families. And so if you're predisposed to heart disease or diabetes or something like that, that's a that's usually a good motivator for people. And so when you appreciate your why, I think that can begin the motivation. And then again, it's it's small changes. It's keeping a jar of almonds, the raw almonds on your desk. And so you know that that's in front of you. It's taking time either on a Sunday or Every night, if you have it, looking at your schedule and seeing where are the pockets of time. It's making it's making dinner and making an extra large portion so now you have dinner or lunch the next day. You can eat the leftovers because you made a healthy dinner. Or knowing that you have extra time at 9 o'clock after the kids go to bed to prep your food for the next day. Looking at your schedule, because I know looking at my husband, and I've been doing this so long, it's second nature to me. I carry a lot of my food with me. So he realized that he is so much better when he takes his food with him to work as opposed to relying on running out and getting something. And so like from a
2: restaurant or something
3: from a restaurant, even, even if he's out with clients or something, he'll, he'll eat the healthier version. He'll eat the salmon and the, and the salad with dressing on the side. But more importantly is to keep your blood sugars level so that you're not ready to chew your arm off at 3 o'clock and want that Snickers barb. So if you, if you had the hard-boiled egg at 10 in the morning and you had your piece of fruit ready at 3 o'clock, because you brought it with you, those are small changes that you can make. And while it's maybe a little bit harder for a while to get into the habit of it, it becomes so much easier by the end because you realize, you know, on Sunday that you need to boil a dozen hard-boiled eggs for the week and then you have something to snack on. You need to cut up the celery so you have fresh celery sticks and buy the cup of hummus and so you have your, you have your meals and your snacks planned for a day in advance, three days in advance, a week in advance, whatever it is in your schedule that you can do it and that Will help, you. It will help you stay on track.
2: And it's doable, is what I'm hearing.
3: It's absolutely doable. It just takes patience, practice, desire, motivation, and, you know, support.
1: Ah, uh,
2: yeah.
3: You know, support at home. And I graduated from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and he, Joshua, who's the founder of the school, talks about primary foods. And primary foods are your spiritual, your um, your relationships, your physical activity, and your, your work life. And all of those are so important, even in the idea of nutrition, because he always talks about the food we actually eat being our secondary food.
2: Oh, interesting.
3: Because if we don't have the support of the people around us or... You know, the people at work are always saying, come out after work with us and drink and eat nachos. And you, you keep saying no or, or worse, you go with them and you're, you know, you're, you're strong enough to drink the seltzer water while they're all chowing down on nachos and they make fun of you. <laughs> it doesn't really matter how much kale you prepare to <laughs> eat the rest of the time. You're still going to be sabotaged.
2: Oh, that's very interesting. And I like this idea that you mentioned about um, primary food. So, you know, it really sounds like nutrition when we don't see it necessarily at, I mean, it's more like sustenance. It's what sustains us. It's what keeps us going. It's not necessarily what we um, build our entire lives around. Correct. Because there are these other primary foods that really provide nourishment for um, us as a whole being.
3: Right. And I think that's why for the longest time, I I don't know how recently a, a study came out that people who did yoga, had a daily yoga practice, ate more healthy. Really? And I think that it's because people who practice yoga are more mindful. Remember, this is all, I keep talking about just being aware of what you yeah. put in your body. So they're more mindful, they're, more, they're less stressed. And less stress means you are less apt to reach for the cupcake. And mm-hmm. so it was just, it was, it was a big study. It was pretty interesting, but I think it's just the, the yoga way of life that keeps people in balance. And their primary foods are more, They are more imbalanced so that their secondary food of what actually is put in their mouth is more meaningful and more deliberate than for so many people who will sit on the couch and eat a bag of potato chips.
2: And that's such um, an interesting word that you use there. The this notion of being deliberate, you know that that when it, it sounds like you know if you know listeners that may be um, motivated to try and take a few steps to better their own nutrition, that it they are really looking at making deliberate choices in terms of, you know, maybe you take. 23 almonds with you to work and snack on that through the day as opposed to reaching for the vending machine or going out and grabbing, you know, something from the um, convenience store or something like that. So really making those deliberate choices in terms of what you're eating and how you're eating and how you're, how you're providing nutrients to your own body.
3: Right. And I think that deliberateness is most effective when it's done in advance,
2: because so planning.
3: It, yeah, planning. If you take the time, and so then when you do get hungry, you reach for the apple because it's already sitting on your desk, as opposed to wandering around saying, "Okay, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat?"
2: Well, I wonder. Do you think that um, you know? There's like this. Um, I don't. I don't know what it's called, but I know there's been some talk about how certain. Um, items in the nutritional field can be considered quote-unquote addictive. Like we hear about how sugar can be addictive. And and I'm curious what your thoughts are about that and and what you may suggest for listeners that, you know, think that this may be something that they want to try to reduce or eliminate from their own um, day-to-day life.
3: Sugar is addictive. They uh, um, <laughs> At the conference I was at last week, it, there were many speakers. Dr. Mark Hyman was one of them. Dr. Oz was another. And it was interesting because several people cited the same study. And in mm. this study, sugar was eight times, eight times more addictive than cocaine.
2: Wow. And That's... they
3: showed pictures of people's brain eating sugar and eating coca- and cocaine, and the same exact area of the brain was lit up in both examples.
2: Wow. They, that's they, pretty...
3: they gave a, right mice that were addicted, already addicted mice, addicted to cocaine, they gave mice the choice between more cocaine or sugar, and they all went for the sugar.
2: Oh, that's really interesting. And
3: then in the last study, they had mice, um, and they were feeding the mice sugar, and every time the the mouse ate the sugar, the mouse was shocked. And the mice kept eating the sugar, even though the shocks got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger.
2: So, really, just kind of demonstrating that there is some addictive quality to sugar.
3: Absolutely, sugar is sugar is really addictive, and it it just it feeds on itself, and it just it makes you want more. Makes you want more, and the, you know, in going back to the reading labels again. I have three boys, and when they were all in grade school and they all could read, the first thing we did was eliminate high fructose corn syrup from as best we could. It, it is, it's, it's really insidious. It's in everything. But if you read enough labels, and it's interesting, like Oreos. I love Oreos. Um, <laughs> one one Oreo is fifty calories, so I always keep that in mind that you can have two Oreos or you can have an apple. And 100 calories is running a mile, so you run a mile to – running a mile burns 100 calories. So there you go, just things that I, like, keep in my brain. Not saying that I don't ever eat the Oreos, but I do. I just keep it in mind how many. And um, Oreos took out the high-fructose corn syrup. There was no fanfare about it, but I just kept reading labels long enough, and that just kind of went away out of the Oreos. It went away out of the Thomas's English muffins. Um, but it's still too prevalent, and um, obviously it's in soda. So we eliminated soda in our house. It's in a lot of ice cream. So we eliminated. We, you know, you look if you're going to eat the ice cream, look for the labels that don't have high fructose corn syrup. But that's a major source of sugar, and it it messes with your hormones. So the high fructose corn syrup will literally alter your hormones, so you can't tell when you're hungry. And you can't tell when you're full. Really? Uh-huh.
2: That's very... In- so people will then, like, if if they're eating a lot of high fructose corn syrup or items that have a lot, then they may just keep eating it because they don't know when to stop. Exactly. That's very interesting. So is that, like, when you say the high fructose corn syrup, is that something that... Um, people can look at in terms of the ingredients, or is that something that's actually listed as part of the the percentage in the label?
3: It's not in the label. It's part of the ingredients.
2: And so the higher it is in the, in the ingredients list, the more of it there is. Exactly. So what you're suggesting then is that for individuals that, let's say, want to cut down sugar from their diet... Um, that one thing that they can do then is look for products that have high fructose corn syrup that may be lower in the ingredients list
3: or limit or uh, completely without it that's what i would i would suggest say do not eat anything with high fructose corn syrup like bread again there's a lot of sugar in bread that sugar is from high fructose corn syrup if you look long enough and hard enough you can find the loaf of bread that does not contain high fructose
2: corn syrup well, that is a wonderful suggestion. So stay tuned and we'll be right back with Mayor Hill.
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Hormones, honey! Every week, this groundbreaking radio show brings you insight about hormone fluctuations, addressing the core biological issues that cause mood disorders, and offers a general support center for women everywhere at any stage in their lives. Host Leslie Carol Botha has the passion and drive to help you make informed decisions about your well-being and reclaim your life. Holy Hormones, Honey, sponsored by True Hope Incorporated, the leaders in brain health, is broadcast live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Noon Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena at gmail.com. That's W A D H W A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Thanks for listening and welcome back. We're here with Mayor Hill talking about nutrition, and we've got a lot of really great pieces of information. Um, You know, you talked a lot about the importance of reading labels and really looking at, you know, sugar as being um, one of the things that can affect um, someone's. Level of wellness, and so being mindful about how much sugar a, pe- a person may be consuming. Um, I'm wondering a little bit about, you know, um, what you think about in terms of a full um, detox. Like, what, what do you, what, do, what are your thoughts about detoxing? Because we hear a lot about detoxing, and I don't know if that's um, like an eating plan or if that's something that a person does on a regular basis. What what do you suggest about that?
3: I think that the there's you're right. Detoxing, cleansing has been a lot. You can read about it. You hear about it. People kind of use those words interchangeably. The way I look at it is detoxing is eliminating foods that are not welcomed by your body. So for most people, a detox would include eliminating sugar, um, tobacco, alcohol. A lot of times Gluten, dairy, meat. So detox is is eliminating those foods. And best is to eliminate them but add in more whole foods. Cleansing, again, in my opinion, goes deeper than just eliminating those foods because cleansing is going to actually start healing the individual organs. Um, For instance, I told you that we were doing the fat flush plan. One of the things in the fat flush plan, and it's very... Uh, it's related to your hormones and she's really big on detoxing your liver. So one of the things we do every day is we drink uh, 64 ounces of water, but mixed in those 64 ounces is 8 ounces of pure cranberry juice because Dr. or, or Anne Louise Gittleman, she's actually a nutritionist, so I don't think she's a doctor, but she believes that Drinking this, again, water is good. We didn't even mention water, which is huge (laughs) in nutrition. Um, But doing this will assist the liver in, in diluting and expelling all the increased body waste that you have from, I mean, all the toxins that we ingest and inhale every day. And the liver is so crucial at getting all of that out. And by drinking that water, that helps your liver cleanse. So there's the cleanse. For the fasting you know Beyonce years ago when she was getting ready for her dream girl's role she would she was the one who talked about the master cleanse because she used it to get, lose 20 pounds i don't believe any of fast cleanse deto- or, or cleanses or detoxes are about losing weight i believe that they are about enhancing your your body's ability to Heal itself, and it's just kind of like giving your body a rest. Um, The master, any any time you do any of these things, you really want to check with your doctor. The the fast is probably the most severe. I I have actually done the Master Cleanse fast several, many yeah several times, several times for two weeks, where I did nothing but drank his mixture of of lemon juice, cayenne pepper, and grade B maple syrup, oh, yeah. which has more vitamins in it than the normal syrup that we get out there. And um, I can tell you that I've never felt better than when I do that. So oh, that's, okay. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that for the, for the right person and for the right reasons.
2: And so what do you mean by the right reasons in terms of detoxes or cleanses or fasting? What? Well, I, I
3: think If you don't understand why you're doing it for your body, there's so many juice cleanses out there. Like you can go to Whole Foods and buy a $9 bottle of something. Right. And I I actually did one of those juice cleanses because my my friend had done it. She highly recommended it and I tried it and I think I I probably bought the stuff for a five-day juice cleanse and after mm, maybe the second day, maybe two and a half days, I had to stop because... There was so much sugar, and again, okay, natural sugar, but when you are juicing mangoes and pineapple and all these things that taste really good, mm-hmm. and you're living on that, I had a sugar high. I had, a, I had to stop. So that's what I'm saying. If I, were, I, were, I was doing it to cleanse my body and give my body a break, but for me... Like, again, for everybody's different. My friend, she loved it. She went on to do it. She's done it a couple times a year for a couple years now. I lasted two and a half days and couldn't do it again. So you need to, you need to listen to your body and honor your body. So that would be to do it to, to lose weight to me is the wrong reason because when you do something that severe, when you go back to your normal eating, all the weight just comes back.
2: Yeah, and I've heard about that too, that with cleanses and, and detoxes and fasting, that it, that it really isn't about losing weight, that there are other alternatives to that. Um, in terms of, you know, if, if losing weight is something that you want to do, then a, a quote-unquote quick detox may not be the most effective to keep that weight off.
3: No, it, it's a, it, it could be, again, if you're mentally prepared to, do, to lose the weight, it could be a way to jumpstart weight Mm -hmm. loss program because you're Um, getting a lot of junk out of your system really fast. But unless you take care of the primary foods and the other things in your life that made you gain weight in the first place, the unhealthy habits, unless you address those, all the weight's going to come back anyway.
2: Now, can you just clarify what you meant by pure cranberry juice?
3: Pure cranberry juice is not the typical cranberry juice cocktail. That, um, I don't even know who makes that, but pure cranberry juice, we've been drinking the Knudsen's, it's K-N-U-D-S-E-N, Knudsen's cranberry juice, and they have a whole line of just cranberry, just pomegranate, so it's just juice, there's no added sugar.
2: Okay, so that's the difference between like pure and maybe commercialized.
3: Well, the cocktail, when you have the cocktail, oh, cocktail. now, I, I don't know, but I'm going to guess that the cocktail would have high fructose corn syrup in it because it would be a lot sweeter.
2: Okay, got it. And then one more question. Um and I and I really like this question, you know, that you put out there t- as well because I want to give you credit for putting it out there for me to ask you is is it okay to ever eat cake?
3: Absolutely. It's <laughs> absolutely okay to eat cake because we are here to enjoy life. The the difference is that when you eat the cake, or when I eat the Oreos or I eat the dark chocolate, I'm, I'm mindful, I'm present, I'm enjoying it. I cut myself a piece of cake. I allow myself to eat it, right? Because if you're going to eat it, allow yourself the pleasure of eating it. So cut the slice of cake, sit down at the table with a fork, and savor every bite. As opposed to digging into it while you're standing at the counter, or worse yet with the refrigerator door open and just eating forkful after forkful without ever tasting it, without ever savoring it. And because if we live our life in a life of deprivation, Mm -hmm. then there will be a time where you will just eat the whole cake. And that is way more disastrous than eating a slice once a week.
2: So for you, I mean, it sounds like, you know, really nutrition is not about deprivation. So you're not suggesting that we eliminate Maybe some foods or items that perhaps we really enjoy. What it's about is really being mindful of what we're eating, and then also being aware of how it affects us.
3: And and crowding out. This was what I practiced with my boys when they would come home from school and they'd be starving and they wanted to eat the Oreos because I do have the junk. Yes, I'll admit it. I have the junk in my house. <laughs> um, I don't really. I don't eat it, but it's it is part of growing up to in, in total moderation. And so the crowding out would be they'd want to come home, and I'd say eat the apple first. So they'd eat the apple first, and then maybe they had three Oreos instead of ten.
2: Because oh, I crowded amazing.
3: out the junk.
2: That's a great suggestion. So if people want to um, talk with you or connect with you, what's a good way for our listeners to do that? Oh, thanks for asking.
3: I have a website. It's mairhill.com. It's M-A-I-R-H-I-L-L.com. And um, you can get in touch with me that way. And on there is a registration next month in in June. I will be launching Wellness Wednesdays. So you can join me every Wednesday at 4 o'clock Central Time. And for an hour, we'll talk about one of the seven dimensions of wellness. You can ask questions. We'll have a good discussion.
2: Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for coming on today and talking with us about nutrition and all these really great suggestions um, that we could take to move forward in our own wellness.
3: Thanks for having me, Serena. I've loved being here.
2: Thanks. All right. Well, listeners, stay tuned. Um, Thanks for joining us today and join us next week and we will continue the discussion on moving forward. Have a great weekend.
1: Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwell hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. Brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.